This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is a highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to the crypto world, we recommend starting at our early episodes where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. In this week's episode, we look at the big news stories and you don't want to miss any of these folks because it's been a huge week. BlackRock has filed for a spot ETF, some very telling documents labelled Hinman documents from the SEC and XRP case have been released to the public and there looks to be what we'll call a Trojan horse entering the crypto exchange arena named Prometheum. My name's Tracy and as always I'm joined with the boys. It's going to be a big show today, hey? Yeah, now exciting stuff happening, more than we could cover but um, we'll try and do our best today, Trace. And it's actually more of a bullish week compared to to the last few months, so it's um, finally some green candles, finally some bullish news that everyone is getting excited about, so that's a nice change, Trace. Yeah, and I just was laughing about the fact that last week we said, what else can happen in seven days? And I tell you, folks, a lot has happened. So let's start with what was arguably the biggest news, or definitely was the biggest news this week, wasn't it? So BlackRock, the asset management giant, they have just filed for a spot Bitcoin ETF, marking a major milestone in our crypto world. If approved, the iShares Bitcoin Trust will provide investors with a really convenient way to dive into the crypto market, backed by one of Wall Street's absolute powerhouse companies. We've definitely got some thoughts here because this could be a game changer. This could really start the next bull run, Blake. Yeah, so just for everyone's information, BlackRock is um, one of the world's largest asset managers with $10 trillion under management. And they they have listed many ETFs, so electronically traded funds. Um, And this means Bitcoin would then be put onto the stock exchange and give many people traditional rails that they would have brought other other assets with and and, and securities with um, through regular old-fashioned rails. Trace, how many ETFs have, have BlackRock applied for? So I looked, it's 276 and they've only had one denied. So they've got a pretty mm. good strike rate. 
Yeah, that's right. And what's really important about this one is that it's a spot ETF. And that means that they're actually backing the ETF with real Bitcoins as opposed to it being, you know, an ETF that tracks the futures and isn't actually buying the underlying assets. And this is, this is important because this could potentially bring hundreds, tens of billions or hundreds of billions of dollars into the asset class and therefore further reduce the supply of Bitcoin and you know, affect the supply and demand dynamics of the asset. So really interesting stuff here. Um, it's going to add to the liquidity of Bitcoin. More Bitcoin will be traded, bought and sold every day. And yeah, no, I think overall it's exciting. And this could be one of the key narratives or key things that um, you know, spurs the next bull run. Yeah, the narrative is already kicking off. There's a tweet thread by this guy called Adam Cochran. He talks about how pre-BlackRock gold was only a $1 trillion market cap and now it's a $13 trillion market cap. And he goes through <laughs> yeah. all of the things that um, contributed to gold growing. And I think that is what people are bullish on, the whole digital gold narrative that Bitcoin has been promising for so long is now looking to, you know, BlackRock is the biggest asset manager in the world. So, this is very bullish. It's hard not to get too excited, but um, the market was happy. But it still could take some time. Is that right, guys? Yeah. So, it normally takes around 240 days to get approved or denied, but they've asked for this to be expedited. And funny enough, the halvening is 311 days away. So, they're, they're timing yeah, it right, I think. Are. And we just spoke about this a little bit off air, but is this suspicious timing? Like they're not going to – they have such a good strike rate. You know, are there, is there some inside information? Do they know they're going to get this one approved? I would expect that an asset manager with $10 trillion under management has some smart cookies mm. in the in the boardroom that know what they're doing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, who knows? Get the tinfoil hat on. It's um, it's all a big plan, isn't it? And and then you know we could potentially expe expect you know if this goes well within the first say twelve months, we could then expect you know potentially other assets. And Ethereum spot FT is that where you're going with that? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And you know as a result of this, Fidelity, um, which is also they they're one of the world's largest asset managers as well with over two trillion dollars in in assets that they manage, um, have also wanting to to do the same thing as. BlackRock, and they're looking to acquire, um, potentially acquire, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which is the closest thing that we currently have to an ETF, but it's not publicly traded on, on the stock exchange. And, you know, they they think they have what it takes in order to get that listed on the stock exchange. And uh, and if these two things coincide around the same time, um, you know, we're starting to, yeah, I think it's really positive. Isn't Grayscale, that's already on the stock exchange, right? No, it's an investment trust. Um, so you invest directly through them. You'd have to be a high net worth investor. Gotcha. And I think the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust currently holds about 3% of the Bitcoin's total supply. So there's 700,000 Bitcoins in the Grayscale Investment Trust. And it's owned by Digital Currency Group, um, which are the one of the largest, I guess, companies in this space that, that invest. And don't they all trade for a premium? Like the Grayscale Bitcoin's more expensive than- Well, yeah, it potentially can, but it can also trade as a negative depending on the demand um, at the particular time and your the Grayscale Investment Trust has been known to trade for like 30% above market value for Bitcoin in a bull run and then also um, trade under value um, in, a, in a bear market um, and you know lots of people 
arbitrage this and uh, you we've heard of um, three arrows capital and and some of these other hedge funds that got tied up in that and because of the nature of that arbitrage the money can get stuck for six months at a time and and then these firms have ended up having liquidity problems but won't the what it needs to be backed by the Bitcoin on exchanges but won't that run out pretty quickly because I know that there's only around 13 14 percent of Bitcoin on all the exchanges. So that'll that'll dry up pretty quick. Well, it should actually bring liquidity to the market because, you know, if it's a publicly traded ETF, they'll be buying and selling simultaneously, which will deepen liquidity potentially. But when you say- Well, the price will go up because- that's- the, price will, the price will go up. Not financial advice. <laughs> okay. So- Interesting and exciting news, um, and again, it all kind of—it's a perfect storm coming into that halving, which we said is three hundred and eleven days away. And I think we've looked at it, and I read somewhere too—it's so about February that we'll know the result of this spot ETF for BlackRock. Moving on to our next story on the podcast two weeks ago, we talked to you about Ripple or XRP and the battle they currently have going with the SEC. Well, there was an interesting development this last week. Some previously sealed documents were released to the public, Craig. Yeah, so the never-ending case of Ripple versus the SEC. Um, the Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse has says that the newly released Hinman documents show the SEC know that they don't have the jurisdiction to fill the regulatory gap over crypto. So these documents that were released by William Hinman, which is the former SEC director. Well, th- they weren't released by him, but they were um, drafted initially by him. drafted, drafted by, by him. him. Yeah. So, so pretty yeah. much the TLDR is that the 2018 writings from him say that Bitcoin and Ether are not securities, which is good news as that was being sort of picked up. Well, what happened was he wrote this back in 2018 and he said exactly that, but then the SEC have come out and said they were just his thoughts. That was not the thoughts of the whole of the SEC. But now this uh, document has been released where it was. It clearly shows that it was, um, it was at least six others from the SEC that all compiled this document together. There was a lot of notes from these other six people, all major players within the SEC that came to this conclusion with him. So it really debunks um, the the conversations of the last 18 months saying that this was Hinman out on his own giving his thoughts around Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yeah, I think it's also important to note that it's more nuanced than that. This document just doesn't say that Ethereum and Ripple are or are not securities, but they paint a nuanced argument for both sides. And also what's important to note is the fact that they may have been securities when they launched and then over time they became, they, their characteristics changed. And this doesn't happen with traditional securities, right? So there, this is, a, a new phenomena that's happened because of the nature of this technology and the nature of decentralization. So I think that, you know, they're grappling um, with this and how to regulate it um, because, you know, Ethereum was probably or most likely a security when it launched. But as soon as it was decentralized, being mined and and um, it had a certain number of holders, then, you know, th- it failed the Howey test once that came about. I think that it's definitely, it's not a matter of a square peg in a round hole with all of this. We need to be a little bit more fluid. And I think the SEC just can't get their heads around that fact. But what's like, what's this got to do with Ripple? Yeah. So part of the discovery documents were was that 
Ripple, you know, spend a lot of time and energy trying to get this document out of the SEC um, because they thought it would support their argument. And in some ways it did, but it seems to be it may be just the case that Ripple knew that getting this document out would not just support them, but would also support others in the industry. So they're almost taking one for the team. So when is this due to wrap up this debacle? Well, how long's a piece of string, really? You know, um, I think that both sides want to keep this in court for as long as possible, because as long as no decision is made, the party goes on, particularly for the Ripple side. But saying that, even if Ripple wins, I think Gary Gensler, the chair of the SEC, has come out and said that they would appeal. You know, that or they would potentially appeal. So, yeah, I don't think this is going to this is going to finish in in the short term. And you know, I suspect those with the most resources, time, and money. Um, you know, we'll get the the outcome that they're after. We'll keep an eye on that one and come back to you with any developments, folks. This next story has something that has unfolded in the last week, and it was really hard for me to actually find a lot of info about it. It's a company called. Prometheum. Now, this is a really interesting story. These guys are a broker dealer in the US. Think of them like an exchange such as Coinbase or Kraken. Now, they are totally compliant right now as I've just had approval through the SEC and they, they are compliant for securities and security tokens only. Now, up until last week, most people in the crypto community had never heard of them. Uh, the three of us had certainly never heard of them and even heavyweights in in the crypto community are all coming out via Twitter saying that they'd never heard of this group. Now, they're coming out via the SEC saying, look, there is a pathway forward and the SEC have made it really clear, which is contradictory to what we've been hearing from the last the last few months from the other exchanges, Craig. Yeah, the last few months we've seen Coinbase, Binance, Kraken, Robinhood all being under the microscope from the SEC. And now these guys, Promethium, that no one's heard of, have gone out, they've got approval for the first of its kind, which is a special purpose broker-dealer license, a bit of a tongue twister. And unlike the other exchanges, they actually took a pro-SEC stance in their testimony, which was the CEO of Pro- Promethium. He testified in front of the US Financial Services House Committee on June 13th. Um, so there's a lot of rumors swirling around, Blake. What's happening Mm, that's right. So, you know, it looks like, you know, just just from the outsider's point of view that, you know, the Coinbase and the other exchanges have listed a lot of tokens and now they're trying to work with the regulators ensure, to ensure that they're compliant. These guys, Prometheum, look like they've, you know, thought that they have a, a clear pathway to become regulated and have decided to go down the regulatory path before they build or take a product to market. Um, and as a result of that, they've raised about 47 million US dollars, um, primarily from Chinese investors and potentially a state-based actor. Um, so it's peculiar to see this group come out of nowhere over, you know, they've been around for a couple of years, but, you know, we've just heard about them recently. Um, they've become a fully approved to trade security tokens, um, but no one else has been able to do it or, or even, you know, no one's even be able to get the information from the SEC about how to do it. So um, in the Senate inquiry, there are some very pointed questions from the senators asking, have they received special treatment from the SEC? And of course, they, they said no, that they hadn't. Um, but, it, you know, from the outside, it seems that, you know, how, how have these guys been able to navigate it um, and, and not 
you know, all the brands that we know. Um, and this has made it easy for the SEC to point towards Promethean as, you know, the guys doing the right thing compared to everyone else in the industry. And, you know, this is a little bit concerning because, you know, we know the actors in the ecosystem that have been lobbying and trying to get through really clear, solid legislation and clarity from the SEC. And yeah, and they haven't been able to get anywhere. So it's a very peculiar story. I think we're going to hear more about this over time. And yeah, it would be really interesting to see what other groups say about it. Yeah. And it's funny, like all these exchanges are meant to take down and go against Wall Street because of the greed of 2008. And now these Promethium guys are literally based on Wall Street with a bunch of shady background and they seem to be getting the, the nod. So, But I think, like Blake said, though, it's really interesting because we smell a rat. This doesn't look quite right from the outside, but the Senate committee also, you know, like you said, there were some really pointed questions. They were asking the right questions in there because they don't quite think this, you know, adds up. Yeah. And, you know, I think the CEO of Promethean was saying in the Senate inquiry, you know, everything's yeah. clear to us. We've been able to get regulated. It's been, you know, it's been, there hasn't been any problems. But, you know, I think that it was right for some of the senators to point out that there is a lot of murkiness in the water and it's not clear mm-hmm. for them. Um, so it's un- it's unusual why they're saying yeah. it's clear. It was so scripted the way you said it, but I loved it when the, um, the guy running it came back and said, if it's so clear, how can you not be trading Bitcoin and Ethereum? You know they're the, they're the the sixty percent of the of the market right now. So that's also um, an interesting video that we can put in the show notes below for you guys for anyone else interesting. But like Blake said, I think there's going to be a little bit more to come on this, and we'll keep you up to date with future episodes. Right now, we'll take a break, but when we come back, a short, sharp news bites. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast. We're going to get going with our short, sharp news bites. Blake, you're up first today. Yeah, this is in relation to Binance, the US branch, and they have an agreement with the SEC that they will no longer freeze their customers' assets. Definitely good news for Binance. And this comes after you know, the potential co-mingling of funds. And they're, saying there's no, they're saying there's no proof of co-mingling now. Mm, allegedly. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, you know, and what we mean by co-mingling is that, you know, Binance International and Binance US should have their assets segregated into different wallets and, and managed separately. But I suppose what the SEC is alluding to is that, you know, some of these assets may have moved across from one entity to another. And that's what we mean by co-mingling. So the Binance US maintains that all customer assets exceeding 2.2 billion, according to the SEC, are safe and secure. So so, yeah, I think um, it's probably just a management issue potentially, uh, but it sounds like it's all sorted. All right, moving on. So the Bank of International Settlements and the Bank of England have conducted an experiment known as Project Rosalind. And what they've done is they've tested 33 API functionalities over 30 CBDC use cases, including offline payments. They're saying the goal of the project was to see how an API layer could support retail CBDCs, allowing safe and secure payments across various scenarios. So that's just some more testing of CBDCs over in England. Okay, guys, good news for the BlockFi users. They are now allowing customer withdrawals by the summer after it finished some court approval to update its user interfaces. They're now going to be processing their withdrawals. So we still have no news on Celsius or FTX, but hopefully this is a start of a new trend. All right, next up we have investment platform eToro currently delisting four cryptocurrencies in the US. Yeah, so they're really just following this trend in the US because the SEC has come down and said that some of these assets may be securities. The four that they're delisting is Algo, Mana, Dash, and Matic. Interesting that Dash is in there because it's quite a quite a different chain and it was it was founded, I think, in 2013 or 2014 when it was forked from Bitcoin. So quite a long time ago and they haven't yeah, it'd be really interesting to, to understand more on that, but we can come back to it another time. No one's probably trading it anymore. Way shiny yeah. toys in the toy box. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right. Uniswap has announced this version four, which intends to revolutionize on-chain liquidity and DeFi. It will allow novel functionalities like dynamic fees, on-chain limit orders, and time-weighted averaged market making. The code will be open source, welcoming community contribution, and the development process is expected expected to span several months. So Uniswap, one of my faves, version four, out soon. Terra CEO, we all remember the lunar crash. Do Kwon, he's been sentenced to four months in prison for having fake passports and not for rugging heaps of people. But this comes after months of bail, revoked bail, political donations and house arrest. The Montenegro court will decide whether to extradite him to South Korea or the US. So funny one. He actually was um, being looked for and he jumped on Kobe's podcast and like full made an appearance. And it was just like, this is so rogue. So it's good. Not good to know, but I guess it's important to know. He's getting his comeuppance. What you mean? It's getting his comeuppance. Getting his comeuppance. Mm. Yeah. Okay, what's next, Blake? Okay, Kraken has launched an NFT platform with 250 plus collectibles across various blockchains, um, and it's going to facilitate trading with no gas fees. Uh, you know, all the exchanges are going to do this. You know, the Coinbase one was a bit of a flop, um, but so mm. we'll, um, we'll see how this one goes. Staying with NFTs, they may not be fully dead. Dimitri Chernax, the Goose NFT, sold at Sotheby's auction this week for $6.2 million. How mental is that? So Sotheby's would have taken a nice little click on the side for that one. The 6529 Fund successfully purchased the Goose, which is what it was called, um, at the auction last week. And the fund is associated with a museum which aims to keep significant crypto cultural artefacts like this 
in decentralised spaces with long-term plans to create a collectively owned on-chain museum. So that they are known for going after some really cool um, NFT artwork pieces and original punks and all other bits and pieces. So I've got another NFT partnership for you, Trace. Nike and Fortnite, your two favourite brands, huge, are yeah. collaborating on a digital release and they dropped a teaser video. So pretty much... You have to be in the Nike.swoosh NFT platform and you'll get Nike design skins, cosmetic and special rewards for your Fortnite character. Interesting. Yeah, that is, that's pretty big news. Blake. Next up, we have Aave's decentralized social media platform, Lens Protocols, release new governance model, but they also did a capital raise not too long ago. I think it was like a 15 million USD seed round, um, which is which wow. is great to see. And yeah, we had Stanny on here. And, you know, this is an incredible platform. If you haven't checked it out, go have a look. Lens. And, you know, this could be the future of social media. Social media. Yeah. Yep. Agree. All right. And finishing off today, Snoop Dogg has launched an NFT project, the Snoop Dogg Passport Series, which offers fans virtual access to his live tour. The collectibles will give holders access to exclusive art, merchandise, and behind the scene content. Just found out that he's done that too with a really cool artist too so good on Snoopy he's, he's, he's big in the space um, loves his NFT work Snoopy loves it Snoopy loves it alright folks that was it big news week this week next week we will be recording all together in the studio with a special guest to go over blockchain week which Blake is speaking at in Sydney so please join us next week thanks for joining this week and we'll speak to you again soon bye for now see you guys see you guys Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.